Thank you for listening to the Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. We'd love to have you at any of our three campuses. In Columbia, join us at 3506 Broad River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, meet us at 990 Willington Drive. In Florence, join us at 1507 West King Avenue. For more information, including service times, visit rdci.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Today's message is Pass It On by Bishop Herbert Bailey. Flipping the fourth chapter. Verse 14, he told me my bonds and again thanking him. Notwithstanding you've done well that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I started my ministry, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me. And he's, y'all know he ain't talking about sending emails, right? Okay. He said, communicate means getting involved with my need, connecting with me in that area, financially. He communicate with me as concerning what? Giving and receiving. So we know he's talking about a, a relationship of reciprocity. Now, I've been teaching about this for the last several years. And because when we came into 2020, I made a decision that unless the Lord specifically tells me, I'm not having any relationships. That's not based upon reciprocity. Now, that doesn't mean money. Okay? I, if I got a friend and I got the money, when I'm with you, at least you get a laugh. Okay, I got to pay for the meal and counsel you the whole time. And we friends. I got to pay for the food and tell all the jokes. You don't, got, you don't have no funny in you. Everybody, what am I getting out of this? Come on. I mean, come on now. What am I? Every relationship should be based upon reciprocity. Okay. When Paul says this, he said, if I've sown unto you spiritual things, I got a right to receive from you. Carnal things are natural things. In that context, he's talking about material things and financial. But the principle is that when you give, you got a right to receive. Some people only want to receive and don't give. You have no written down. We know the mercy of God. The mercy of God is when God gives you what you don't deserve. Thank God his mercy endures forever. Because some of us, you should be shocked that you receive with your stingy self. Every time you receive, say, oh, my God is so good. I'm so unworthy because I don't do nothing for nobody. But God that blessed me anyway. That shouldn't have to be your testimony. Oh, come on now. Now watch this. Some of y'all are going to say, when you get blessed, you ought to say, man, that, that's my harvest coming in. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's my harvest. Because in Ecclesiastes 11, in the morning, so you see, in the evening, you with, don't withhold your hand. Because you don't know which one going to come up or whether they be both like good. Luke 6, 30, if I give, it's going to be given unto me. Good measure, press down, shaking together and run over, shall bend, given to my bosom. One of my spiritual sons called me up last year in the midst of the pandemic and said, Pastor, I need to see you. Well, we church was, church was closed down. We wasn't seeing nobody. He said, Pastor, I need to get a seat in your hand. I said, well, you just put it in the mouth. He said, well, Pastor, it's $20,000 it's it's 20, cash. I said, all right, I'll meet you where you need it. <laughs> Come on over to the house. <laughs> 
We got masks. We'll sanitize after you leave. Really? He came and brought me $20,000 cash. Ain't nothing had nobody give me $20,000 cash. I had some checks. And Pastor Mark said, let me see what that looked like. She said, look. She said, yeah. she said, I guess you said you look like you in a mafia or something. <laughs> I was grateful, but I wasn't shocked. Because to my spiritual leaders, I've sown as much as 100000 As a matter of fact, he kept saying to me, he kept saying to me, Bishop, how much, what's the largest seed you ever sowed? I said, don't ask that. Bishop, what's, no, I want to know. What's the largest seed you ever sowed? I said, don't worry. He said, because I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. What's the largest seed you ever sowed? I said, don't, whatever the Lord tell you. I don't want to do something to you. I said, whatever the Lord tell you. But, but I want to know what the Lord told you. I, I'm, I said, 100,000. He said, well, I ain't going to do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't shocked because I've sown that kind of seed. Are y'all hearing me here? I've sown that kind of seed. When you have sown, you got a right to reap. Now, I want you to catch this. This ain't just for preachers. Please get the revelation. Business owners, career people, whatever. If it's only working for preachers, it's gimmick. Y'all let me say it. I agree 100%. People talking about people up in the church, there ain't nobody blessed but the preacher. I agree. If that's the case, we got a problem, Houston. Because the principles that I live by and teach are to work in your life. God is no respective person. When it says, given it shall be given unto you, good measure, press down, take note, take together. Remember what God calls men to give into your channel, the priest of Sunday, your lap, your bosom, your bosom. That's not just about church. If you help somebody, God will raise up somebody to help you. If you encourage somebody, somebody will encourage you. Unless somebody demons possess, if you smile at folks, most folks are going to, you're going to reap a smile. Unless these are nasty people. Most people you smile, they'll, they'll smile back. Every now and then you get somebody... You, you know they got a problem. All right, that's all I want to say about that. Now let me get to the word. <laughs> I was starting off saying most people miss being blessed because they don't understand this principle. And they look for blessed people just to give to them rather than looking at blessed people as an opportunity to sow into. I said this morning, I was listening on Clubhouse to y'all and talking about your one year anniversary. And I said, I, and you were talking about, Chanel grabbed my heart. She said, the Lord dealing with you about getting a table. I said, okay, I'm going to get a table. You know, she, she also has a right, right to reap a table through me because she's been coming to our conferences supporting us. Now, they got something and now the Lord would speak to me to do the same for them. If you only take from people and never move to give, you got a problem. There's a blockage somewhere. Now, I didn't always understand that. I told our church this Sunday years ago. I'll mention what it is now. Years ago, I, I mean, I'm in my early 20s. 
And I said, get Word of Faith magazine from Kenneth Hagin Ministries. I said, look forward to that magazine every month. I was getting it for years. Oh, Lord. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons we, we, we ended up moving to Tulsa because we used to look at Word of Faith magazine and see those great meetings there. And we used to always man, say, wow, it'll just be wonderful to be able to go to these meetings and be there. And I'm, and I'm working in Portland, Maine, and we used to, for, as a claim adjuster for um, Etna Life and Casualty Insurance, and the manager's office was in the over in the corner office. Everybody else sat out on the floor with the supervisor sitting in back of you like, like the teacher at school. We didn't have cubicles back then. I know y'all can't relate to this. Supervisor sat in the back and everybody sat in front. The supervisor kept his eyes on you like this. Anyway, the manager comes out the office and said, hey, a position opened up here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He said, anybody want to put on a 10-gallon hat and some cowboy boots and go to Tulsa? Let me know. <laughs> Walk back in the office. Something jumped in my spirit. I called up once. I said, a position's open up in Tulsa. We had always talked about and fantasized about going to Tulsa. She said, well, let's pray about it. Got home and prayed about it and got a piece to go to Tulsa. Ended up going to Tulsa where I got exposure. My whole purpose of going to Tulsa was exposure for mega ministry. That's my whole reason for being in Tulsa for three years. Exposure for where God was taking me. Sometimes you gotta, sometimes you have to, it, it, you gotta pay the price to get exposure. Anyway, so we should get Ken Coco magazine, not Ken Coco, Ken Hagen magazine. And one day I got a letter, a letter came with the magazine. It said, this will be your last magazine because we have not heard from you in partnership or with the Lord to speak. He says, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to keep it. And I was mad. They're going to cut off my magazine. I've been getting this magazine for years. All that ministry wants is your money. Until I had a ministry and we had a magazine and I cut not people, I stopped the whole magazine because folks wasn't supporting it. There's no such thing as free people. I want you to get that. You got to teach your children to, to pass it on, pass this on to your children. There's no such thing as free. Somebody's paying for it. You paying for it. Government paying for it. When the government paying for it, we paying for it. Okay? There's no such thing as free. People looked at me strange when I said this until I said it last Sunday. I said, this afternoon, we're going to give away a bunch of candy to the kids in the community. I said, and the kids, and it's free candy. I said, but y'all paying for it. So when you understand that, you understand this law of reciprocity. Amen? All right, I got a, I got a couple more minutes. I'm going to get something else in here that's... Hey, everybody say pass it on. So these principles are principles you, you need to pass on. Okay? Pass it on in your business. Rather than having people just looking for people who they think are blessed to take from. And meantime, those are opportunities to sow into. Because without contradiction, the less is blessed of the. Did y'all get that? How, Okay, now I'm serious. How many of y'all really got that for really got that for the first time? For the first time. Okay, good. Because I didn't always I didn't always know that. I again I was I was talk, came out of the background with just look for need. Okay? So if you you know, so you 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 saw somebody again, so where I was going with that preacher thing, taking the offering. Well, I ain't giving him no offering. Look, he got alligator shoes on. 
He don't, some, he don't, he don't need no offer. Well, I'm going to give him 10, but I'm going to give him two. <laughs> Look like he already doing pretty good. And I'm walking around with holes in my shoes. And I ought to be, I ought to be sewing, if I notice every night he had a different pair and a nice spent. that's the one I need to sew into. So I, I can at least get some soles on my shoes in addition to my soul being saved. <laughs> so I found this in scriptures in 2 Timothy, first chapter, verse 5. Paul said, when I call to remember the unfeigned faith that's in thee, which was in your mother, which was first in your grandmother, Lois, and your maternal and your mother, Eunice, I'm persuaded it's in you. He said, you are the third generation of an impartation of faith. So we've been talking about this conflict, multi-generational faith, passing down faith and faith principles that's going to bless the next generation. And, or, and that what you can do can impact generations. I thought about something because I know a lot of you, some of you, may, some of you may be married, some of you may not be married, some of you may not want to be married, some of you used to be married and say, I will never, ever again depending on what your experience is. And so when I say in, uh, generations, we often met, think it's going to be a direct lineage down through us and through our loins, and it may not always be the case. I was thinking about this in terms of my uncle. He, he hear me always talk about Bishop Bailey. My uncle Bishop Bailey did not have any natural biological children. He had two stepchildren. And then he had nieces and nephews, like me and my cousin Wade's mother. And through us getting saved, Generations have been impacted through us and no natural children, but it's impacting generations. So I don't want you to think because you may not have natural children. This this theme doesn't apply to you because God wants all of us to be multi-generational impactors, multi-generational influences. Amen. So. Several things. Quickly, without reviewing, because I took all my view time. I want, I want you to be conscious of passing on. One is the, number one is the fear of the Lord. Pass on the fear of the Lord. Psalm 34, 11 says, come ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I will what? Teach you. The fear of the Lord got to be taught. The natural way, the natural carnal way of thinking is not going to fear God. And when, when the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, it's talking about acknowledging the Lord. It's talking about honoring the Lord. It means reverencing the Lord. And to me, what, what's most impactful is this word fear. It means to, to be conscious of God. To be conscious of God. To care about what God thinks. I love my wife. We've been married for 36 years. If Jesus spares his coming and gives us length of years, we'll be married for 36 more plus. As much as I love her, as much as we rocked each other's world over the last 36 years, part of what keeps me honoring my wife and my marriage is the fear of the Lord. I'm going to go deep, so don't get mad at me. So, if I would think divorce, doggone, I remember that scripture. Malachi, second chapter, God said he hate divorce. Oh, well, got to reconsider that. Because God don't like that. 
Y'all, hit, y'all, y'all see how that's hitting you? That's the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to think about what God thinks and let the way God thinks about something govern your behavior rather than your flesh. The fear of the Lord says it's better to make a vow, better not to make a vow than make a vow and not keep it. For richer, for poorer, for better, for worse. I don't know if they still say that. I remember years ago, it used to be in the old book. I pledge thee my troth. What the heck is that? But you pledged it. Now go to the dictionary. <laughs> Find out what you done pledged. So I'm mad. Finances ain't working out. You don't talk to me right. You're selfish. I'm leaving you. Oh, but I told the Lord in front of all those people, I made this vow. Man, I can't do that. I want my flesh want to. And you deserve me to leave you. You deserve it. You deserve it. But the fear of the Lord said, nah, he ain't doing that. Now, I got a choice, but the fear of the Lord governs my behavior. The reason why I use the marriage one, I know it's a whole nother society today, and I know people ain't teaching that today. I know they don't teach that. And we know why I don't teach it, because the leading ones is doing what I'm doing right now. Don't change hubs and wives like we change underwear. Now, we're from Fruit Looms to Jockey to Haynes. Trading cars in. Okay. But my point is this. The fear of the Lord says, I want what God wants. Fear of the Lord says, I love what God loves. And I hate what God hates. And if I don't love what God loves, then God help me love what you love. If I don't hate what God hates, God help me hate what you hate. One of my son's friends, we had a campaign event Saturday. And I haven't seen him in a while. They grew up together. He used to always be at the house. I ain't seen him in years. I said, man, how you doing? He said, good. I, he said, uh, I said, you still living in Charlotte? Oh, yeah. Pastor, you know, he said, uh, uh, Pastor, I, I love Charlotte, you know, because it, it's faster than the Columbia, but it's not as fast as Atlanta. I said, yeah, I know, man. I said, if I had a choice, you know, I'll, li- I'll be right in. I will live in Charlotte on the lake. He said, yeah, he, you know, he said, yeah, yeah, but, uh, Pastor, I can see that. He said, why don't you come on and do it? I said, I can't. So why? I said, because I'm called to Columbia. That's the fear of the Lord. Ah, oh, I see y'all catching it. The fear of, I can't do what I want to do. I got to do what God wants me to do. I care what God thinks. You got to teach that because that's not a natural thing. The natural thing is to please your flesh. The natural thing is to do what you want to do and find a scripture for it. Because God said he would give you the desire of your heart. Oh, so that's how we're going to do that now. That's like you saying you ain't going to pay your car note because you realize the Lord didn't tell you to buy it. 
GMAC, Wells Fargo, Ford Motor Credit, they don't care nothing about what God told you to do. They expect you to honor your word. That's the fear of the Lord. My words are before God. My promises are before God. I reverence God. I was teaching this last Wednesday about credibility. You want to increase in life, increase in relationships, increase in business. You got to be credible. Credible means you treat your words like gold. Credible means that you let your word and your promises determine your priorities. So before you make a promise, you automatically think. So before you automatically tell somebody, I'm going to be there, you check your calendar and say, let me see. Rather than just tell you that and then have to tell you later, I had a conflict. No, you should have checked that before you agreed to do it. Now we know things happen, but as much as it lies within you, y'all with me here. When you fear the Lord, you acknowledge you honor the Lord. When you, when you acknowledge the Lord, he directs your path. Psalm 3 and 6 says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he'll do what? He'll direct your path. Okay. Uh, Psalm 111 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And good understanding have all they, all, all they that do his commandments, his praise endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, I don't know what to do. Honor God first. If you fear the Lord, he'll give you wisdom. Even when you make mistakes, if you honor God and go back to him, he'll give you, he'll, he will give you wisdom. I know that God is a God who will bless messes. When the Bible says, uh, the of righteous man, ordered by the Lord, though he fall, God's going to pick you up. But you got to fear him. When, when we moved to Maine in 1986, I'm 24 years old. Mars is 21. I went to Maine. I went to Maine seeking money. Went to work for an uncle of mine as an executive recruiter. He turned out to be the biggest liar I have ever met in my life. And I didn't know him well. Okay, talking about Laban Chandler. Laban, he was Laban times thousand. Okay. Just lied, and then he, he told me I had a salary. When I got there, he, about a month into it, he says to me, you know this is a draw, right? He says, you realize now you're in a hole. And so, we, and so things fell apart. And my lovely new bride of a year said, you still think that we're supposed to move here? The lights are off. Not because we be romantic, but because me and the utility company beefing. They ain't treating a brother right. We was in Maine. It was racism. It was racism because we like the only black people in Portland, and it was racism. That's why they, my lights wasn't cutting off. Y'all know we try to blame, some people try to blame everything rather than the fact you didn't pay the bill. We sitting up there one night. That's why these babies kept coming. Wasn't trying to be romantic, just trying to stay warm. Y'all get it later. <laughs> get too close, stuff start happening. Okay. And she said, you still, I, I remember she said, uh, um, 
you, you still think we're supposed to move here? I, I moved out to will of God and see God chasing money. Seek ye first kingdom of God's righteousness. I, wasn't, I didn't seek first. I sought money and I, what I thought was a good, good opportunity. I didn't really acknowledge the Lord. We sitting there and, and she said, you still think? I said, the Bible says, David said, I once was young, now I'm old. Never have I seen the righteous forsaken. No, his seed baking bread. I said, you ever seen the righteous forsaken? She said, just saken. <laughs> Never forget it. This is 30, 30, about 35. She said, just saken, because we're about as close as you can get. It might be warmer outside. And I said, well, you know, you, you can't, you know, you know, what scripture said, you're just going to receive the good and not the bad. I said, you know, I'm justifying all this stuff. And the more I dug in with pride, rather than acknowledge I didn't honor God and acknowledge that I didn't allow God to order my steps, things got worse. It took a year and a half and I finally got to the place where I got before God and said, God, forgive me. I didn't honor you. You didn't tell me to do this. But God, I asked you to bless this mess. And God, redirect things. Get me back on track. What was I doing now? Honoring the Lord, fearing the Lord, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So once you honor the Lord, fear the Lord, now he can start ordering your steps, directing your path. But as long as you're in pride, and won't acknowledge, no, you're messing this up. You're messing this plan up. And there can be things that God even has arranged and you can mess it up by getting in pride. The 2021 Direction Conference was three days of life-changing worship, word, and multi-generational faith. Conference hosts Bishop Herbert Bailey and Dr. Marsha Bailey, along with conference guests Bishop Rosie O'Neill, Pastor John Jenkins, and Pastor Mark Baker, took us to another level in our faith, especially the faith that we pass down to generations after us. And you need to get that word today. To order today's message or the conference package, call 877-798-5433 or order online at www.rightdirection.info. Ask for the 2021 Direction Conference. As we continue to socially distance, be sure to stay connected with us online. Stream our services on Facebook and YouTube, as well as rdci.info via the Watch Live tab. Sunday morning services are at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and our website. Wednesday Bible study airs at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Friday, women's Bible study airs at 12 noon via Facebook Live. Consider connecting with us as a partner or an iChurch member. More information about our partnership and iChurch member services can be found on our website at rdci.info. For consistent updates and encouragement, connect with us on social media through Facebook at Right Direction Church International and on Twitter and Instagram at the RDCI. Right Direction Ministries, transforming lives and impacting generations.